You can now subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and save 20% every single time they send that rich, tasty, CBD-infused coffee straight to your door. You can choose two, three, four, six, or even eight weeks for your subscription, and then you don't have to think about it again. You don't have to put in your credit card number. You don't have to do anything. They'll just send you that coffee right when you're about to run out, and you'll save 20% every single time. If you just want to save 20% one time, you can, of course, use that code DNVR20. Or again, subscribe and save 20% every single time. And if you just want to have one cup of Strava Craft Coffee, come on down to the DNVR bar and have some of our CBD-infused cold brew. It's on tap, and it is a huge hit with the DNVR staff. So come on down and check it out. NVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. They'll put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. One of their mantras is learn to lead the change and they are a steward of the community. So check them out. There's all sorts of different programs, all sorts of different options. All sorts of stuff that you could do down there at MSU Denver online. And uh, it's really, really a great, great institution for you to get that. So check them out if you want to further your education at msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Ryan, what's going on? Happy to be rolling with you today, my man. Great to see you, my man. And uh, it's, it feels like the, uh, the clouds that we're sitting over Broncos country are slowly but surely subsiding. Are, uh, do you agree with me? I do. We're starting to see the light. Good news is it's beaming its way down. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it is 2020, so you can't ever have any good news without a little side dish of bad news. But <laughs> let's start with the good news, which is that despite what Vic Fangio uh, might want people to believe, Drew Locke is playing this week, uh, and he really wasn't afraid to uh, make that very clear. I thought it was funny reading the, um, the quotes from Drew and then the quotes from Vic, which Vic was, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. And, and Drew's like, oh, I'm so stoked to be back. Can't wait to play on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, there, it was so certain that Drew was playing just from the way he was talking. No one really even asked a question about that. I mean, it took almost till the end until I even asked about uh, how his shoulder's doing. And he said his shoulder's feeling really good. And Ryan, Drew Locke will be the Broncos starting quarterback on Sunday, barring a significant setback. And I don't really see how a setback happens with this because it's a bruise. Bruises get better. 
uh, and, and there's no real setbacks going on unless, you know, you were hit or something like that. Well, Drew's not going to be touched in practice. He's not going to be touched before Sunday. So uh, unless a significant setback happens, he's the starter and there's no way that a setback happens. So uh, yesterday in practice, he took uh, a bunch of reps. He was pretty much the, the full-time first-string quarterback during practice yesterday, which he was not last week at all. So he took a significant step up. As long as his shoulder isn't just killing him from all the throws he did yesterday, he's good to go. Yeah, and that's huge, Zach. Uh, I feel like I'm really in a vulnerable position right now because um, in 2020, you should never get too excited about anything. Um, but I'm really, really excited uh, for Drew Locke to play this weekend. Like, it's been tough to look forward to Broncos games um, for the past few weeks, except for, I guess, that Jets game, which you knew they had a chance to win. But it's just uh, – it's not the same when the quarterback's not out there. And, uh, and now we can get back to, like we've said from day one of this offseason, what this season's all about. And that's finding out about Drew Locke. That's becoming more confident in your feelings about Drew Locke. You know, I think, I think it's easy to forget a few things. I think it's easy to forget that John Elway built his entire offseason plan around his belief in Drew Locke. So he already believes in Drew Locke. Um, I think it's also easy to forget that Drew Locke played really well in week one. You know, he wasn't amazing. Um, he didn't quite do enough for them to win that football game, although not all of that is his fault. But I thought he played really well against a team that's now showing themselves to be one of the best teams in football. So I don't want to forget those two things because sometimes I'm getting the, the idea or the impression from people uh, and fans and whoever it may be that Drew Locke is like starting from square one this week. I don't know. Do you get that feeling, Zach? I do. I think people have forgotten about Drew Locke a little bit. We haven't seen him in a month. Uh, and when we did see him this year, it was – it was a good performance, there's no doubt about it. But he only put up 14 points, and he didn't win. And so I think people are just saying, oh, man, last year seems so far away. Yeah, I, I'm really getting that feeling, too, that, you know, he's being kind of forgotten about. Um, you know, you're seeing conversations happening like, well, Chargers have their quarterback, Raiders have their quarterbacks, Chiefs have their quarterback. Now what for the Broncos? And and. I don't think it's foregone that Drew is just going to come back and be great and just continue on the path that we saw from him last year. But I do feel like he's, he's not even being considered in the conversation. Sometimes people act like, you know, the Bron the Broncos starting quarterback is Brett Rippon. So he's got an opportunity now to go out here, come back on the scene, have a big game and, uh, and change the narrative a little bit. Now the, the other thing I want to talk about though is, Let's not forget what he's missing um, because well, let me, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I don't know if Melvin Gordon's going to be out there on Sunday. Yeah. I, I don't know right now either. Uh, Noah Fant, probably not going to be out there on Sunday. Nope. And, and Cortland Sutton, of course, not going to be out there on Sunday. Right. So think a lot of things have changed since Drew was last on the field, um, which is a big shame, but I just, you know, we lose sight and perspective on the way we were thinking of things as we get deeper into the season. And when we were talking about Drew Locke in the off season, we were talking about, Oh man, you've got this upright up and coming young quarterback. You feel great about it. Uh, and now you're surrounding him with all these weapons and he still is going to have weapons. 
but it's not about all these weapons anymore. It's about, okay, well, he's going to go out there and he's going to have some weapons to work with. So then what are expectations? And can you still uh, – the, the feeling I'm getting from you is maybe you won't be able to tell if Drew Locke is the truth this year because he's missing so many weapons. He won't have his number one receiver the rest of the season, and that obviously scares me. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying, like, this week. Okay. Like, you know, he's coming off of injury. He's not going to have his full complement of weapons. He's not at any point, but – He's his weapon, you know, his arsenal is going to be severely depleted this week. So I, I think Drew's going to go out there and represent himself well. But let's say he goes uh, 21 of 32, um, one touchdown, one interception, 227 yards. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's very sexy. realistic. It's not exciting. The Broncos lose that football game. And I, what I don't want to happen is then – instantly the conversation trends the other way all right now what are they going to do who are they going to draft who's you know can they get justin fields is it trey lance um like we just we make so many rash decisions in a vacuum during an nfl season i'm trying to protect against that before it happens well ryan then just wait till one week later when the broncos you know probably lose to the chiefs the chiefs have a good defense and uh, drew lock has a similar Line. This is a very tough, tough time for Drew Locke to come back on the road against New England uh, without a lot of his weapons and then at home against the Chiefs. I mean, Ryan, they're not supposed to win either game. They're almost 10-point underdogs in both, in both of those games. Yeah, yeah facing – what could be good defenses, very talented defenses. And so then not only, you know, could we have a mediocre stat line coming from Drew, but Ryan, we could also have the conversation come in of, He's not a winner anymore. You know, he was 4-1 and one last year. He's 0-3 this year. 0-4 in his starts. But, you know, that's so unfair to hold the Pittsburgh game against him. So, people will be saying, he's a 500 quarterback in his career. And, look, he's only trending down, only three losses. So, I thought about that this morning. And, man, people are just going to have to be calm. And R-E-L-A-X, as my favorite quarterback once said, they're going to have to, they're gonna have to look at the long-term picture because – if New England was going to be legit, we knew that this was going to be a very tough stretch for the Broncos. And now it's even tougher because you don't get the Dolphins game in between as a little easy game. And then after the Chiefs game, Ryan, you go on the road for two games. This is really, really tough. So people are just going to have to sit back, take a chill pill, and, and then see. And you know what? If Drew Locke struggles these couple weeks and then bounces back, well, that's going to be huge. If Drew Locke struggles these couple weeks, the next four weeks he also struggles and the team's not winning, he's not putting up good numbers, then that's when the legitimate conversation comes in of, okay, maybe Drew's not the dude. But, but don't judge purely based off the next two weeks. I totally agree. All right, I'm going to give you two stat lines. Ooh, and I'm going to say that uh, the first stat line is against the Patriots this week. The second stat line is going to be against the Chiefs next week. Okay. All right? Yep. Tell me – if if Drew does this, will you be saying like he's the next great young quarterback? All right. Okay. Okay. Hit me with him. This week against the Patriots, Drew Locke goes twenty-two of thirty-three for three hundred and eleven yards, one touchdown, one interception, and the Broncos lose uh, twenty-three to twenty. Okay. Next week, Drew Locke goes thirty-five of forty-nine for three hundred and thirty yards. One touchdown, one interception, and the Broncos lose 
I'm saying people are going to be going out of their minds and saying Justin Herbert is the truth. <laughs> Weren't those Justin Herbert's first two starts? No, no those are Justin Herbert's last two starts. Uh, or no, have to be his first two. Yeah, those are his first two starts. Yep, yep. And, uh, and then look what happened game three and four, and look at where the conversation is with him. I think it's a really good point. And now if it is but Drew Locke. No one was, like, pumping the brakes after that Carolina game. No. No, even when they lost to Carolina without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, like, people were like, wow, he's incredible. 35 of 49, 330 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So should, should the expectations be similar for Drew as they are for Justin Herbert? Or should they be a little better? Or should, should Drew do a little better than Justin Herbert because he's technically in his second year? Or are you saying that, you know, it, it's, it's okay to, to judge Drew as a rookie so, in, in a way this year? He's still a rookie um you know for all intents and purposes so like I get it I'm also on the train that Justin Herbert is going to be you know is showing the signs that he's going to be a great quarterback but it's weird how the goalposts move for different guys uh and, and a lot of this is just eye test and so you know Justin Herbert is unequivocally passing the eye test now, he's never won a football game in the NFL, um, which I think is very notable. Um, and Drew Locke has won four of them. So, again, I test winning. There's all these things that go into it. Um, but for Drew, I think the expectations are going to have to rely a lot on the eye test these next two weeks. Uh, and people aren't going to love that. But that's why I bring Justin Herbert into this conversation. Because all Justin Herbert has done is pass the eye test. That's it. Uh, now, he also had a four-touchdown, zero-interception game. Uh, Drew Locke last year, you know, had his version of that game. Um, so what we need to see over these next two weeks is the eye test. And it would be nice if he throws for 300 yards. That would be nice, too. Um, but – Let's look at these games as we looked at Justin Herbert, you know, as he started this season, because no one seemed to care that he was losing. They just seemed to care that he looked really good while doing it. Um, and that's what I think is going to have to happen for Drew Locke these next two weeks. I want my expectation for Drew is to play well enough that the Broncos are in the football game late in the second half. Uh, and maybe that's that maybe that's asking a lot, but you know, just as I would if it was Drew, I'll point it out for Justin Herbert. It's not his fault they lost this last week. Um, it, I think it's kind of crazy that he's played really well four straight games. They've lost all four of them, uh, especially with the one to Carolina where they scored 16 points when he threw for 330 yards. But you know, I, I excuse Justin Herbert's loss this last week because it's not his fault. He got him in a position they didn't make the plays. Um, I, want, I, I want to have that expectation for Drew. Keep them in the football game. Give the team a chance to win. And if, if Vic Fangio, uh, you know, can't find the timeouts in his wallet, well, I'm not going to put that on you either. So uh, I, I'm not expecting the Broncos to win either of these next two weeks. Uh, I am expecting Drew to look like a quarterback who when you have a franchise quarterback you should be competitive in just about every game that's what I want to see from Drew yeah and uh, another thing that I want to see from Drew especially these next two weeks is I don't 
I'm not going to peg him for, for the wins and losses because this is a really tough two game stretch, obviously, but I want to see something that Justin Herbert did. Of course, the eye test, but also Justin Herbert has put up an average of 24 points per game. That'll get it done as a rookie. That shows that you are doing enough as a young quarterback leading your team. Drew last year, he was putting up 21 uh, just around 21 points per game, which was a big step up from what the Broncos were doing at 17 points per game before Drew entered last year. Uh, now, you, you put it along with this year, what he did in that first start against Tennessee, uh, and that he's averaging like 20 and a half points per game. So what I want to see in these next couple weeks is get up to where Justin is, get up to about 24 points per game, and then you know what? If the Chiefs are beating you 31-24, well, it, it, that, then I'm encouraged with what Drew did. Uh, if, if, if the Patriots beat you with the same score, well, then it's not entirely on, on you. Now, obviously you can score more than 24 points, but that's what I want to see because then it shows that he's doing enough with his offensive side to help the Broncos at least be competitive. Like you're saying, Ryan, 14 points. That was disappointing in week one, although Drew did pass the eye test, didn't really pass the stat test. Uh, but it, I, I'm not down on Drew after week one. Uh, and it's just going to be important that people aren't just looking at the final score these next two weeks. Absolutely. Uh, a couple things. I want to see Pat Shermer uh, uh, unleash Drew Locke. Uh, you know, one thing that I really think was the number one reason why the uh, Raiders beat the Chiefs last week is because they took shots down the field. How, I mean, for how many years now have we been knocking Derek Carr for his lack of ability to do so? Well, maybe we were wrong. Maybe it was John Gruden's fault for not giving him the opportunity to go downfield. You know, you go back to that Bill Musgrave season was when Derek Carr was an MVP candidate. They were going down the field. Yeah. So go down the damn field. And that's, the, that's one of the big reasons why Justin Herbert is passing the eye test right now is because he keeps hitting deep throws. Uh, Drew struggled with that in week one. Uh, but that's kind of what you expect for anyone in week one, at least in my opinion. You, you're not surprised if a quarterback's off on his deep route timing. Uh, and, and it wouldn't be a surprise if he was off on that again this week, but I want to see them try to make plays downfield. That changes the game, uh, and that'll really elevate his stats and the eye test and all those things. Ryan, because you, because you mentioned Bill Musgrave, all I can say to that is I second the freaking motion. I totally agree with what you're saying. The Broncos cannot hold Drew back. They can't coddle him this season because then at the end of the year, you're going to say, well, do we have the quarterback? No, let Drew sink or, 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 or float by himself. Let's see if he can do it by himself. Don't, don't throw that buoy out there for him. Yep, absolutely. Here's the other thing, Zach. Whatever happened to our expectations for this defense? Where'd they go? Away. They're gone. Yeah, vanished. How did that? Poof. Like, we, what we should be talking about right now is, man, if this defense can hold the Patriots to 17 points, then Drew Locke should, do enough, should be able to do enough to win. Yep. What? Why? Uh, what, they lost Vaughn Miller? Okay, yeah, that, that's worth a few points um you know they have some injuries they're not 100 percent healthy they don't have aj boye either but man we went from drew lock should be good enough to win games when the defense plays really well to like all right well uh you know if drew lock's losing 31 24 we're not going to put it on his shoulders that's crazy that's that's on vic fangio in my opinion 
Yeah, I mean, Ryan, we go through uh, how much the defense has allowed in each game. 16 points in week one. They did their job. Good for them. The offense wasn't able to do enough. And we said that. We said if the Broncos put up 20 points, which is a low bar to set, they would have won that game. So that All one's they had not to do was convert like first and goal from the two or whatever it was. Yep, yep. But then the next week, 26 points. That's not very good. Then the following week, 28 points against Tampa Bay. That's not good. And then, of course, against the Jets, even when you won – 28 points. Now, I know one of those was a Brett Rippon pick six, but so 20, 21. 21 points to the worst team in football. Like, you're not really going to complain about holding a team to 21 points, but when you take it into context about the worst team in football, where they play their backup quarterback at times, that's not very good. Um, and so it's a great point. When Von Miller got hurt, I said my expectations for this Broncos defense did change a bit, Ryan. And what I said was now maybe they shouldn't be held to be an elite defense and the number one defense, but they absolutely should be top 10. And right now we really haven't seen a top 10 defense out there. We haven't. Uh, what we've seen is a very, very average defense. Uh, and the numbers bear that out, Zach. Broncos allowing 24.5 points per game. That puts them at 14th in the league, right next to the Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, New York Giants are all like right within a point of that. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Average. Average. Um, You know, you look at the teams that are uh, way up there, you know, who is ranked fifth in the league in defensive points allowed right now. Who's that? The Arizona Cardinals. Mm, Any idea who their defensive coordinator is? (laughs) VJ, what's up? So, you know, everyone loves to dunk on Vance Joseph and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, oh, he, you know, he can't put a defense together. And uh, he doesn't know how to use uh, Isaiah Simmons. And, like, look, I get it. You know, Vance uh, wasn't great here in Denver. I also agree that he's using Isaiah Simmons improperly, yet he's got a top five defense in the league right now. We're talking about a team that everyone thought was going to score a bunch of points and give up a bunch of points. And again, not a, not just completely stacked with talent over there on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, giving up four and a half less points per game than the Broncos. Yeah. So Vic Fangio, get it together because this team is still alive. Uh, now their their breaths may be limited, but it's up to it's up to this defense. If this team's going anywhere, this defense has to start giving up less than twenty four points per game. So Ryan, we talked about what uh, expectations are for Drew these next two games. What are expectations for the defense? these next two games, realistic ones, uh, because Cam Newton back at practice today. So the, the Patriots are going to have Cam Newton and they have looked very, very good when they've had Cam. They're two and one with Cam. And in that one loss, they still put up, I believe it was 30 points. Yeah. The final score was 35 to 30 there. So the Patriots offenses look really good under Cam. What are the, what are the expectations? Realistic expectations for the Broncos defense going up against the Patriots on the road with Cam back and then hosting the Chiefs. Okay, so just obviously um, they played one game without Cam so that this number is affected by that. Do you remember how many points they scored in that game against the Chiefs? I don't. Um, 
I don't. Okay. Well, either way. Oh, oh against the, the Chiefs when they lost without Cam. Ten. Yeah. Okay, they scored ten. So that hurts this number um, quite a bit. But even that being said, 24.2 points per game. They ranked 21st in the NFL in points per game. Um, that's lower than the Broncos' average. So that's what I want to see, regardless of this stat. I want to see the Broncos give up less points than their average this week. Uh, you know, you're talking about a quarterback who hasn't practiced uh, or is going to have a few practices under his belt before playing but hadn't practiced in over a week and a half since then. Um, you had two weeks to prepare for this game, two full weeks to prepare for this game. And you, remember, they told us they were expecting Cam all along. So they didn't have to completely change. I think that the Patriots might have had to change uh, the way that they were viewing this game. So I expect them to give up 24 points or less this week. Okay, so Ryan, the, uh, when Cam has played, the Patriots have averaged 29 points per game. Where would that wow. put them in terms, of, crazy, uh, in terms of scoring? Um, I believe with my numbers, that would put them top 10. Top 10. Top yep. 10. They'll put them at, right at number 11. Yep. Okay. Uh, just above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right behind the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and the Chiefs. So, uh, so 24 points. Okay. All right. I thought no, it, I didn't realize that 10 point game uh, impacted it by five points on their average. So I'll give them a little more leeway there. But even then, like, I think that you should be going into every single game expecting to give up 24 points or less. Um, yeah. That, to me, is like the tipping point in the NFL. Uh, you know, if you look at over-unders throughout the league, they're usually – except for now they're going way up, which is crazy. But in a normal season, the over-under in a game is set somewhere between 40 and 50. So it means that you got to score more of that percentage. Let's say it's 50. You've you got to win 26-24, you know. Um, that that's like the way that I view things. Your offense should be, should say, we got to score 24 or more every game. Your defense should say, we got to score, we got to give up 24 or less every game. And I think if you look at the teams who score more than 24, well, obviously, but at the end of the season, you'll see the good, the really good teams in the NFL are averaging more than 24 and allowing less than 24. Yep, exactly. And Ryan, I actually like that 24 number for the Broncos defense because uh, Cam was going to get just one full practice in. He'll get a walkthrough in tomorrow with the team. He missed all of last week. There's a lot of things going on with the Patriots where they weren't able to practice as much as the Broncos last week. And this Broncos defense isn't supposed to be average, like we said. It's supposed to be top 10. So we're not asking them to do anything impossible, like hold them to 10 points. No, we're asking them to hold them to 24 points. And that is going to be a tough task because Ryan, we're saying, or I'm saying at least, I want to see Drew put up about 24 points per game, hold the, the defense, hold the Patriots to 24 points per game. And the line is almost 10 points. So Vegas is saying that's going to be extremely difficult. And so I know that those are very difficult uh, tasks to do, but that's what I want to see in order to look back and say, that was a good performance by the defense holding them to 24 points uh, and by the offense scoring 24 points. Right. If, if the defense uh, gives up 24 and the Broncos lose 24, 21, it's not on their backs. Right. Right. Exactly. And the same thing goes the other way. If the offense scores 24 and they lose 31, 24, that's not on them either. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. Um, one thing I'll say though, Zach, is this game – 
while we talk a lot about Cam Newton, to me it actually is more about the run defense. Uh, you cannot allow them to be a three-dimensional offense where they can run with the running back, run with the quarterback, and throw and throw with the quarterback. If you allow them to be three-dimensional, they're, they're going to beat you. Um, so you got to take away the running game, in my opinion. you got to take away Rex Burkhead, James White, and all these guys. And if you hold them, you know, under four yards a carry, uh, you're going to have a much greater chance of winning this game. You know, you go back to Super Bowl 50. This was Cam playing the best he's ever played. Uh, not in that game specifically, but that season. You know, there was no injuries holding him back or anything like that. And the Broncos said we knew, we knew we just had to make Cam throw the ball and we were going to win that game. Now, he certainly looks a hell of a lot better throwing than I have him see, I have seen him in a while. But it's not as if he was poor throwing the football that season. They truly believed that Cam didn't have the ability to push it downfield. And that's the other thing. Take away the run and take away the 8 to 15-yard windows. I realize that's, that's a, a lot easier said than done. But if you're making Cam beat you 30, 40 yards downfield, um, he's still not great in that area. So what he's doing at a really high level right now is they're moving the ball, and then what they're, they're going play action. They're sucking those linebackers up and opening up that area over the linebackers under the safeties. He's just tearing that area apart right now. So I just think the Broncos should should really – force cam to beat them over the top and if he does you know it could it, it, you're going to give up some quick touchdowns and um that that is going to be put you in a much bigger hole i just don't know if he if he has that in him um so i would trust some to go some more man coverage on the outside uh and fill up that box and try to take away that eight to 15 yard window uh, in, in the Patriots' two wins when they've had Cam, they've gone over 200 rushing yards in both games, and Cam has been a big part of that, like you're saying, Ryan. Uh, he was the leading rusher in one of those games, had 75 yards on the ground. In their loss to Seattle, where they still – the offense did their job. They put up 30 points. But Cam threw for 397 yards, and the offense only had 67 rushing yards and so that's that's the formula if if you want but now it it puts a lot of pressure on drew because then you're saying okay it's about a shootout now puts a lot of pressure on that young broncos offense with drew coming back for his first game but it is about stopping uh the the patriots rushing attack and that starts straight up with cam newton and hey i like what i've seen from josie jewel i love what i've seen from alexander johnson those two guys are going to be big in terms of stopping cam newton hitting him hard not making him want to run making him see ghosts like he did in super bowl 50 so that that's going to be key now against when they didn't have cam ryan they still put up 185 rushing yards yet we're only able to get 10 points now obviously that wasn't on the rushing uh, on the rushing attack at all there was too many turnovers by the patriots quarterbacks but this is a team that is very 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 capable of running the ball and they're very capable of doing it when cam is there and the Broncos actually have been pretty stout against the run. So that, that helps a lot. And that's what I was going to say is that's one thing that this team has done a really good job of taking away. Now they're 13th in the NFL uh, at 109 rushing yards allowed per game, but you know, they're, wow, that's not as good as I thought, actually. There's a huge log jam between eight and 15. 
that's all right around between 105 and 110 yards per game. So, you know, at 13th, it doesn't sound as good, but we're talking about an average of four yards a game, keeping them away from being number eight. Ugh, um, so, not as good as I thought, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, it makes me more nervous. At, it's crazy. There's a big gap between the top two. Tampa Bay's averaging uh, 58 yards a game allowed on the round on the on the ground. That'll help Tom Brady. Yes, and then t- Pittsburgh is allowing 64 yards per game on the ground. Um, wow. Then there's a huge jump between Pittsburgh at 64 and Indy at 86. Now 86 is still a really respectable number, um, but. Yeah, Broncos a little bit behind that. They're in what I would call tier two uh, of rushing defenses. And if they allow 109 this week, I'll be very satisfied. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. And then the Patriots have a similar run defense. They're giving up 115 yards per game. And that's going to be big. That's going to be big. The Broncos are going to need to set – uh, a tone on the ground as well on that on their side and that's going to be with Philip Lindsay leading the charge absolutely and that's the question Zach uh Melvin Gordon what's going to happen with him this week well after talking with Vic Ryan I'm not very confident that he's going to play this week uh the the Broncos Vic Vic made it very clear that there's going to be consequences. And he said something very interesting. He said, if this turns out how we think it's going to turn out, there's going to be consequences. So they, they pretty much know how this is going. You know, it doesn't seem like, like Melvin's going to be able to get out of this uh, DUI charge in a way where he doesn't get suspended three games. But that still doesn't mean that the Broncos aren't going to take their own punishment in actions this week. He wasn't at practice yesterday. Uh, waiting for word if he's at practice today, which I'll know very soon. And, Ryan, if he's not there today, I, I don't think he plays. Yeah, I agree with you if he's not there today. Um, I don't think the Broncos are going to discipline him internally. I think that just Vic knows that the, what the rules are, which is you, you get a DUI, you're suspended three games. You know, that's what the new CBA says. Um, so I believe he has his court date tomorrow. Um, November 13th oh okay okay okay. so that then if that's so you think that they might um they the Broncos are going to suspend him before that comes down potentially just the way Vic was talking uh and he wasn't just saying we want to wait to hear from the league he was saying we want to we want to gather all the information for ourselves then talk to the league uh before he's back at practice so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised just the way Vic was talking and how seriously he is about these off-field issues. If, if they did suspend him themselves or deactivate him at least for one game as internal punishment. I wonder if they think that might um, help the suspension down the road too. Like, okay, well, if we give him a game, then, then the NFL can say, okay, well, since you've already served a game, we'll retroactively give you two. Yeah, and that that could very well be the case. Is is that the right move? If that is the case, I don't know what the right move is. Um, now the Broncos may have a case to get out of his guarantee next year, based on his suspension, and maybe they think if that you know if they showed that there was internal discipline for that, uh, that helps their case to get out of that as well. So always interesting, you know, you play. Uh, four games with the team and uh, suddenly the way you're viewed internally has uh, taken a big turn. 
Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard uh, internally the conversations between Melvin and everyone in the organization have been very good uh, and positive. But as Vic said yesterday, uh, we're, we're still going to love him. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences. I'm just so disappointed. It's just so unacceptable. Like, just downright, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Completely and utterly unacceptable. Um, not only to get behind the wheel while impaired, but to be driving recklessly like that while you're impaired and behind the wheel is just uh, – it's it sucks for a guy who I actually thought looked like a leader the way that he was acting. Um, definitely, you know, seemed like he could be a role model for kids. Um, you know, the way that he talked about things uh, when, the, when there was the um, shooting in Kenosha, like he was so on top of things. Uh, and really just, like, setting good examples left and right. And then you just, like, completely wash away all that good faith by, again, you know, it would be one thing if he wasn't driving recklessly and, you know, his his light was out and that's what, what caused him uh, to get pulled over. But even then, that would be extremely disappointing. But when you add the two things together, it's like you you didn't care, you know. It's not yeah. like he had two glasses of wine at dinner and was like, oh, I better drive home really carefully uh, just in case I'm over the legal limit. Like, no, according, especially according to the police reports, like he was very clearly inebriated and absolutely driving recklessly. Yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's no excuse for it. He put himself and he put others in danger and just zero excuse for it. Ryan, there's zero excuse whether it's you or I or someone we know, or especially uh, a professional athlete with all uh, of, of the resources that they have at their abilities. But just straight up, it's, it's not okay for anyone to do that, and especially him. Yep, absolutely. And the Broncos, you know, do things every year, or they partner with one of these rideshare services, and, you know, like, or you can just call, like, you know, if you just called someone in the organization and said, hey, I need a ride home, they'd come get you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks. Um, I, I, so what, what a lot of people will tell you is that what happens is these players take their Ferrari or whatever to dinner. They have too much to drink, but then they, they're like, I'm not going to leave my Ferrari in downtown Denver overnight. So what they really need is just a, like a friend could even be a teammate who just Ubers down to where their car is, drives their car home, you know, like, yeah. Yep, you can you can pay someone to do that. I'm I'm sure. Um. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, super disappointing. You hate to see it. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see because if you if it's not till November 13th, then Broncos really could wait uh, a while before they have to deal with the the NFL consequences for this for Melvin Gordon. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Damn good beers. Day in, day out, they just they just continue to crank out awesome beers. And whatever your favorite beer is, your favorite type of beer, your favorite style of beer, Breckenridge Brewery absolutely has something for you. Uh, you can check them out, of course, at the farmhouse, the Breckenridge Brewery. They have all sorts of awesome beers on tap there, even ones that you can't get in the store. Uh, or you can find the closest Breck Brews to you by using the Breck Brew locator on their website. So check out Breckenridge Brewery and get some of those damn good beers. 
and make sure to check out Chevalier Mortgage. Our friends, Virginia and Mike Chevalier, are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter for a chance to enter to win free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do so. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. So check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. One of the things that they can really help you with is refinancing. And if you're wondering if rates are as good as you are hearing, well, give them a call. Call Virginia at 303-257-6578 to find out everything you know, need to know about refinancing, or you can find out some information at dnvrmortgage.com. They're there to make the refinance process simple. They could save you hundreds of months and thousands of dollars in interest over the long-term life of your loan. And they can help people find out if they're able to reduce or even eliminate their current mortgage insurance premiums, which saves you a couple hundred bucks a month as well. So make sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are a great partner of DNVR and they'd be a great partner for you as well. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006 and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. All right, let's hop into the questions from the listeners. The first one here comes in from maybe the dang, Dingo HFAB. It says, <laughs> you guys all seem bullish on the quarterbacks in the division. Unfortunately, there's good reason to be. But how much more pressure does that put on the front office to restructure Von Miller and have the most elite defense in the West? It's hmm, a good question. I think you got to fight fire with fire, Ryan. I think you got to get the firepower on offense because what we've seen just in the history of the NFL – is it's very possible to have an elite defense. It's very, very, very difficult, nearly impossible to have an elite defense over a sustained period of time. And mm -hmm. so if you are trying to fight Patrick Mahomes, if Justin Herbert turns out to be the truth, if Derek Carr continues to trend in the direction he's playing this year, it's going to be really hard to have an elite defense for five, 10 years. And the Broncos have tried to do that. And what's it gotten them? Well, it did get him a Super Bowl. And then it got them, you know, four years of not making the playoffs. So I think, of course, you want to have as good of a defense as you can. But to me, all the resources shift and you got to outscore these guys. Yeah, the goal, of course, uh, is to have both. Um, but you're seeing the Broncos start to realize that they're going to have to score points. Um, you know, again, uh, I think it's not now nine of Patrick Mahomes' ten losses have come when a team scored over 30 points I believe the average is like 31.9 points in Patrick Mahomes losses it is not shutting him down that wins you football games now you definitely have to disrupt him uh, and make him uncomfortable or else it doesn't matter what you put up he's going to put up more but the only way that you one of the I shouldn't say the only way one of the main ways that you put pressure on him is by putting them in uncomfortable positions where they need to score. And you saw his decision-making go downhill a little bit when he felt like he needed to force things because his defense didn't have his back. Uh, so what, what I think the shift should eventually be for the Broncos, and, it, and it's, they're not at that point yet, is to be spending money on offense and drafting really well on defense. Uh, and if you get to that point, and I'm talking about, you know, when Cortland's contract comes up and, 
when Drew's contract comes up and all these things, you know, the money is all going to shift to the offensive side of the football. No offense contract. Um, and then you're going to have to get really good at drafting on defense. And you look at some of the players that the Chiefs have brought in uh, through the draft, and they've succeeded in that. That's why they now have a Super Bowl, you know, uh, Super Bowl ring on their fingers. Uh, Juan Thornhill was a great draft pick by them. Um, they had the Ladarius Sneed, I think his name is, who's injured right now, but he came in and was playing really well. So, you know, very rarely can you like perfectly evenly spread out the money and have it have it be so even on both sides of the ball. You want a good offense, you want a good defense. The Broncos are eventually going to have to shift the way they're doing things right now, which is cost-controlled offense, super expensive defense. Uh, and it's not paying off for them on the defensive side of the ball, which makes things even worse. It's okay to have an average defense if your offense is clicking. It's okay to have a defense that gives up 24 points per game, uh, 25 points per game if you have that explosive offense. So in order to have uh, that average defense, especially if Vic Fangio is still your head coach, you should you should only have to be paying, you know, the, the top of the bottom 10 in terms of defense and then give so much money to your offensive side of the ball. So good, good question, and I think that sparked a, a good conversation too. For sure. From Ernest Hemingway's six-toed cat family. Uh, sometimes Big Hank Chisholm says the DNVR bar, and you fellows usually say the DNVR bar, which is correct, which is sanctified by the power that be. I don't think I do say that. When I'm talking about the bar, I say the DNVR bar, I think. But when I'm talking about the website, I say the DNVR.com. <laughs> so, so what's correct? Bo- both of those are correct but only I, in the correct context. I, I just feel like when, when I say the DNVR bar, you know, it really just puts an emphasis that, you know, the Ohio State. You're not saying the Ohio State. It, it's, just, it's powerful. It gives it, you know, more meaning, more, more official purpose right there. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, next one's from Chow. Melvin, oh, wait, was that? Yeah, that was it. Uh, Melvin Gordon is like that girl in high school who's way out of your league. She only talks to you when she needs a ride somewhere or some money for lunch. She leaves you on read in your text conversation. She's dating the QB on the football team. She acts like you don't exist in the high school, uh, in the hallways. Meanwhile, Philip Lindsay is just the girl next door. <laughs> that's certainly what the Broncos seemingly view these two as. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just not how I see it. Um, I don't think Melvin Gordon is that, is that good. But that's how the Broncos certainly view it, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I always thought that Melvin Gordon would be a nice addition to Philip Lindsay. But we've really not been, we haven't been able to see. Who knows when the next time we're going to be able to see how they planned on using them when they're both out there. Wild, wild. I mean, I wrote a whole story last week about how on Sunday, this past Sunday, at 2.25 p.m., we were going to be able to see Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay featured in the same package on the field multiple times throughout the game. Then I thought, okay, well, that's pushed to Monday at 3 p.m. until we see that. Okay, then it was pushed to this coming Sunday, and now, right, we don't even know if that's going to happen. It's crazy that those two have only played They've only been on the field together half. less than one half. Exactly. Yeah. Wild. And, and that's where you put the money on the offensive side of the ball that, this year. And it's crazy because I, I remember thinking during that first game, Phil's heating up. I'm curious to see how they're going to handle this situation. And then Phil got hurt. And yeah. we never got to see how they were going to handle what, what happens when Phil gets hot because I, I was going to be really pissed off if they handled it by handing the ball to Melvin Gordon. 
Yeah. Uh, and now we're, we're not I, – I don't even know if we're going to see it this week. I think even if Melvin Gordon is active this week, he's going to be punished in one way or another, even if it's a, that's just like he's, he's serving as a true backup running back. Um, might have some more pass protection snaps as punishment as well. Um, and, you know, not get nearly as many carries as you would expect. So I don't even know, even if he plays this week, if we're going to see the, the true way they want to use those guys. I would be shocked if Melvin Gordon is the starter this week. You know what, what they did in week one to give a lot of credit to Philip Lindsay and to show him that they liked him, at least the coaching staff, they had both Melvin and Phil out there for the very first play, making them both starters. This week, I think it's going to be very intentionally the opposite. If he is active, I think it's going to be Phil and only Phil out there for the first snap of the game. Do you think the Broncos uh, over the last few weeks have gained a new appreciation for Philip Lindsay? You'd hope. You'd hope, right? Yeah. I mean, leader in every sense of the word, uh, you know, more explosive than Melvin Gordon. Um, the offense has really struggled to get much going on the ground with him not out there. I'm just curious if, if they, you know, it's a, once you have something to compare it to, you realize, oh man, this guy, this guy's the guy you want out there. Or they could say, well, Melvin's Melvin was now cooking. He just got his first hundred yard game that helped the Broncos win. I was, you know, John saying I was right about this signing because when he's good, we're winning. Yeah, I mean, that 100-yard game was kind of a fake 100-yard game. <laughs> yes, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, where he had 45 <laughs> at the very end. Yeah, Broncos. 40... Exactly. Broncos squared chiming in. All this good AFC West quarterback play has me chomping at the bit to watch Drew Locke again. I've been watching highlight videos of him just to get me through the waiting. I'm dying to find out if he will be the guy and look as good and hopefully better than Herbert. It feels like it has been forever since we got to see him play. Anyway, that's all I got. Very sorry to hear about the passing of your pup, Mace. He'll always be walking by your side or climbing on your desk in spirit. Someone tell the Broncos to play their butt off for Rupert and the Mason family this weekend. Yeah, man, we're thinking of Mace today. Uh, so bummed about uh, him losing his pup. So uh, Good, good. thank you for bringing that up in the comments. Um, as for Drew, I, I mean, I'm totally with you. Like I said, I'm so excited. And, and Zach, you, you, you illuminated exactly what I was talking about when you talked about Phil and Melvin playing together. Like, you were excited for that. And then 2020 laughed in your face. Um, and that's how I feel about Drew. I'm like, I can't allow myself to get too excited or something's going to happen to take this away from me. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Uh, next one here from... Love Thunder Down Under. Well, beep me. How much of a beeping beep is Melvin beeping Gordon? I mean, uh, cheese us crust. Oh, what a colossal beep. Cheese us crust. Get it? <laughs> Hot tip on trying to fit in somewhere new. Uh, don't beep your teammates with idiotic self-beeping interest. I'm sure you'll endear yourself uh, – in time to the city of Denver and all of Broncos land by speeding at 71 miles per hour in downtown. Anywho, with that out of the way, would it be fair to say that the barometer for a performance and the expectations for a team is the comment section of the DNVR Broncos pod? The more references to straws, peanut butter, yeast spreads, and cats with six phalanges and obscure questions regarding Broncos history, well, the lower the expectations for that week. Thoughts, what does the data say on this? 
So what's the score prediction for this week? Mine is Broncos by one six-fingered cat smothered in crunchy peanut butter with a straw in its beak. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so weird. Yes, it does. Serious question. Should we say Booyah for Booyah this week? Give that man an injection, strap him up, and thrust him back into the plagued arena of the NFL. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, Great news that Noah Fant was practicing yesterday, and great news that A.J. Boye was practicing yesterday. But there's there's a chance Noah Fant could play. I'm still not positive how I feel about that. Want to see him out there today at practice. But, Ryan, I don't think A.J. Boye plays this week. I think it's great that he's practicing on the first day he's eligible to practice. Uh, but I think they take the two-week approach uh, with, with Boye and don't have him play this week. And, hey, if there's ever a week that you don't need him, it's against the Patriots. Their receiving core is not something that scares you. However, you need him against the Chiefs the following week. So let him rest. Let him get uh, 100% healthy so that he's back there to go against everything the Chiefs have to throw at the Broncos the following week. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be out there this week. It's the classic two-week ramp-up that Mace loves to talk about. Um, And I think that's probably going to be the case this week. Uh, One thing that doesn't need a two-week ramp-up, though, and a place where you cannot get injured, at least I really hope you cannot get injured, (laughs) is playing WGT when you go to dnvrgolf.com and download the WGT app. It is the best golf game in the world. It's the most realistic golf app for your phone, and you'll have a ton of fun playing it. You can play it with us when you go in and join the DNVR3 Country Club. That's DNVR uh, number three, no spaces. Join the Country Club, and you can play with us each and every weekend as we have tournaments, uh, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. So, Head over to dnvrgolf.com, join the DNVR3 Country Club, and play, some, and play some WGT with us. And make sure to head over to Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans like all of us. And they really do treat you like family. They send you birthday cards. Uh, they treat you like family when you're in there. Uh, our sales director, Lindsay, had some work done at, at Green Mountain Dental earlier this year. And the doctor, the dentist called her a couple days later to follow through and check in on her. That is treating your customers like family, and they'll do the exact same with you. And on top of that, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's huge. Just take care of your teeth, and they will help you take care of your teeth by handing over a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. All right, next question here comes in from Brent G., He says, what's up, my guys? First off, condolences to Mace about losing his buddy Rupert. I'm a dog dad of two rescues, and now I understand how integral they are as part of our families. Sorry to hear about that, but I'm glad you have a couple new pups to keep you busy. As far as this upcoming game with the Pats, it looks like DraftKings has the Broncos opening up at 10.5-point underdogs. I'm curious how many games the Broncos have lost by 10 or more points in the Vic Fangio era. It seems even as good as the Pats have looked uh, and as relatively bad as Denver has played, that we haven't lost by 10 points much with Vic and Locke. Making this point, uh, making this point spread, Brent's DK Sportsbook, Locke of the Week, LOL. Have a great rest of the week, gentlemen. Whew. Yeah, that's a lot of points. That is a ton of points. And, Ryan, that's why it's going to be hard for you know the Broncos to not cover this spread and us to feel good about the offense and the defense. If the Broncos aren't able to cover this spread, we could be talking about how we're disappointed in both units 
or we'll certainly be talking about how we're disappointed in at least one unit. Yeah, I think the spread is pretty far off, in my opinion. Um, I would probably have it at like six and a half. Um, I don't think this is a two-score kind of blowout like it would have to be for them to cover ten and a half. I don't know if it's still at ten and a half. I think it actually is a closer to ten right now. But I just – I don't know. I, th- I think they're undervaluing the Broncos here. Broncos are three and one against the spread so far. So Vegas hasn't uh, yet really pegged what they are. I think they'll be four and one uh, against the spread after this week. Do you think that they're not giving enough credit to Drew maybe and, and they're kind of viewing this as a Brett Rippon, Jeff Driscoll offense? Maybe. That, 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 that definitely could be the case. Uh, this offense was just absolutely – disgusting with Jeff Driscoll as their quarterback and a lot better with Brett Rippon as their quarterback. Um, And again, you know, you look back to that Titans game and you say the Broncos put up 14 points. Now they really should have put up 21. They didn't do it. So we can't give them credit for it, but they were first and goal at the one uh, and they weren't able to convert that. If they just get one more yard, then it's 21 points and you feel a lot better because the the Titans are showing themselves to be one of the best defenses in the NFL, best teams in the NFL right now. Broncos played them as close as anybody, uh, which I think is a feather in the cap of the Broncos with Drew Locke, with A.J. Boye um, out there, with Cortland Sutton out there, man. So I just I, – I, I, yeah, I think that they're not giving the Broncos enough credit here, and I also think they're underestimating um, the difficulties that the Patriots are going to have with their quarterback just barely making it back in time. Yeah, yeah, that, and that could very, very well happen. Threat level midnight. Assume Drew plays on Sunday. When Juwan James was in there last year, Drew had his best half of any game in his young career. Bulls is playing incredibly well this year so far. What do you think happens in the game because of the Dotson effect? Does Tim Patrick or Judge Judy have a big game because of it? Fant, if he's healthy, I'm still very much excited for the fireworks offense we've been waiting for. And I feel like you can see that Locke has the juice when he plays behind a solid line. I forgot that. Wasn't your 58-yard field goal? No. I'm thinking of the fake 58-yard field goal that never was attempted. Because didn't you say Judy has his first 100-yard game? Yeah, I did. Uh, but that that game never happened. Are you Do you still like that, the, the oh. idea of, of – Judy having his first 100-yard game? Oh, man, with Stefan Gilmore looking like he's going to be back, I'm, I may have to uh, pull the audible there, send my offense back out on the field. Okay, yeah. Um, I think Tim Patrick, actually. I, I have weird Tim Patrick vibes going into this game. Whoa, two straight games for Tim. Yep. Tim Patrick, man, he's a guy that um, a lot of times – on this podcast and other places has been referred to as just a guy and he's slowly but surely making a real good case that he's not just a guy. Yeah, he he certainly is. He has stepped in for Cortland Sutton and done just incredibly well. Yep. Really impressive uh, from him. So, uh, but you're right though. If if Drew's getting protected on the right side, it's going to change this game dramatically. I think. Yep, and this will be the first time that Drew has played behind DeMar Dotson, and I've liked what I've seen from DeMar Dotson against the Jets, and it is wild that that game was two weeks ago, Ryan. We haven't had Broncos football in two weeks, and we won't have it for over two weeks by the time they play on Sunday. Last one here from LDJ. He says, I was furious yesterday. DUI for NFL players is one of the dumbest things. You get a significant amount of Uber and Lyft credits, use them. 
I wanted Melvin cut. The salary is whack. He's not better than Phil, and he's most productive with Phil moving the offense, in my opinion. However, I did appreciate how he immediately owned up to it and is willing to embrace whatever consequences. I respect that, but I don't know. In your opinion, could Phil run away with this job completely, or will Melvin have his discipline and then come back and it'll be 50-50 again? I mean, you know all Phil needs is a chip on his shoulder and his opportunity, and he'll explode. Does his revenge season start Sunday? Especially no Garrett Bowles holding calls to call Phil's TDs and explosive plays back. Uh, LOL. Um, Yeah, I actually do think Phil, however long Melvin is down, Phil's going to play extra good during that time because he's going to know that this is his chance to show the Broncos that they never needed to sign Melvin Gordon. Not not that he has anything um, personally against Melvin Gordon, but that's just the way Phil ticks. Well, I think it's going to be very difficult for Phil to run away with the job just with how much they're paying Melvin, just how the organization views Melvin. Uh, But I'm not going to say there's not a chance, but Phil would have to be just incredible. And Ryan, I wouldn't be surprised if we're scratching our heads uh, when, when Melvin's back or, or, and, and it's, you know, 50, 50 again, even if Phil plays really, really well, that the organization just views Melvin that way. And we, and we know how they view Phil. They, they were able to pay him this off season uh, and they didn't. So yeah, I do expect it to be whenever Melvin's back, I expect it to be close to 50, 50. I do think Phil can swing that to be like 60, 40 when Melvin gets back. Okay. What's he have to do? Uh, um, average 100 yards a game while yeah. Melvin's out. And he can, he can easily do that. Yeah, totally. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, a shout-out to Green Mountain Dental Group, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, and you're going to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. You know how good those are. If you, ha- if you don't, then you definitely want to go schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam and get one from them because they're fantastic. Green Mountain Dental is going to treat you like family because they're part of our family. They're a longtime DNVR partner, and they show us all sorts of love. So make sure you show them the love when you need some dentist work done. Head over to Green Mountain Dental Group. For Zach and I, that's going to wrap it up today. We'll be back with you tomorrow for our official predictions episode. Uh, But until then, have a good one.